Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, host and head bookologist here at the Get Literate Podcast. I'm a book-loving, notebook-cording reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. On this podcast, we explore the power of bookology and leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing mixed in with mindful practices and creativity to create lives we love. You can expect regular weekly episodes focused on three books you need to know about on a bookish theme and how to bring those themes to life in our actual lives too. You can also expect author interviews, notebooking inspiration, and topics to help us grow through what we go through and take inspired action to make our lives better. So grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Get Literate podcast. I'm Stephanie, your neighborhood bookologist, here to talk about reading and writing with you with a special guest. You know that lately on the podcast, I have been trying really hard to get into a happy holiday spirit. Back in episode 94, I talked about my holiday notebook tradition, and then in episode 95, I got a little lighthearted and talked about books with pie to match the Thanksgiving holiday. So I am doing everything I can to get into the holiday spirit and create a season that just feels really good. And today's guest is helping me do that. I have been down a rabbit hole of wonderfulness in her social media feed lately because I've been trying to seek out people who can help me bring this kind of calm and happy and intentional holiday season to life. She's got a beautiful social media feed with some wonderful mindset videos and recommendations that are real and authentic. And she loves journaling and notebooking just as much as I do, just as much as you do, and uses it right now, especially to think about how to plan for a wonderful holiday season. And she's here to share the joy with us. So Anna, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. And what a joy to have an audience that loves journaling and notebooking and reading and writing and all of the things, you know, I have been discovering for myself, I've been coach for about 15 years now. And it wasn't until recently that I, that I embraced it and, and um, have it as a business. And it was really just in the last year that I realized I really just teach people how to journal because I believe that the answers are already within us. And while coaching is wonderful, it then has you need a coach all the time. And what I love about journaling is when I teach people how to journal, then they always have the coach inside of them, right? Yes. And it's just such a treat to be on here with you and to have people listening that get it, right? Um, and so thank you for creating this. this. I mean, the way that we found each other is so perfect and we've been already chatting for way longer um, before we, the podcast even hit record. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Oh, and yes I'm- to having a holiday you love. Yes, that that is what I am calling in for the holiday season. Um, and you're right, we chatted 
we joked that we were going to have to set a timer so that this episode doesn't go on and on and on because of all, all the wonderful conversations we've already had. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really the nature that we connected, right? Becca Ray Eagle was on this podcast back in episode 89. She was talking about her joyful journaling and her one word journaling method. And we also connected through Jen Liss, who is this amazing breathwork coach who is I kind of stalk from afar and just kind of absorb the amazing joy and energy that she has. And so when our worlds connected because of those worlds, I I knew that we were going to be set to have a really great conversation on the power of journaling, on mindset, on all the things. And so I can't wait. I can't wait to jump in. Well, and I I just want to acknowledge you um, and point this out for everybody listening when you know yourself, right? And you do because you spend time with yourself, you invest in yourself every, I'm assuming that you journal in the morning, but maybe not. I do. do. I'm a morning journaler. Yep. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. So when you, when, when you, when I invest in myself, you know, it takes me about 45 minutes. I do three pages every morning then I'm clear, then I'm really clear. I know, like I've cleared out the gunk as Julia Cameron, who, you know, wrote the artist way. And I'm sure everybody listening knows that, knows that book. If you don't go get it, um, is that you're polishing the mirror, right? So that you can see yourself more clearly. And the, the reason that you then like took an immediate action and reached out to me is because you knew yourself. And you knew that like we were running in the same worlds and that we would have audiences that would want to know each other and, and would want to know you and them, them to know me. And so it just makes life so much easier, more magical and more joyful because like you're, you set the alignment in your early part of the day. And so then when you get, when you see a comment with somebody, there's an action to take. And that's what I absolutely adore about journaling and while like meditation, I'm also a yoga and meditation teacher. And like, I love all of that too, but, but it's less action oriented and that journaling, man, it gets you into action like nothing else. And so I just acknowledge that you then took the action and made this happen. And that, I mean, it was pretty quick and especially with the holidays. And then I happen to be offering a class and then you're doing these podcasts that are right in alignment. Like none of that's an accident, right? It's all divinely led, right? Right. I, I completely agree. And, you know, our philosophies really are so much the same because, you know, I really think that reading and writing are tools to help us grow through what we go through to just make life better, whether that's reading a book and taking inspired action from what we learn from the imaginary characters and situations in the page that don't always feel so imaginary, um, or, taking inspired action from whatever happened to come up on the page, whether that was in the morning pages, or I tend to do a lot of just mental health brain dump notebook where everything that bothers me goes on the page. I start at the top. What can I control? What can I control? Let some of it go and then figure out one thing to do moving forward. So I, I really appreciate you opening up with that because those two things for me are what keep me grounded and mm. keep me happy and keep me sane in a holiday season mm-hmm. or a busy time that we're going through mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think what would be 
really useful, right? Really helpful for everybody listening and, and for you as well, right? Um, is, can I just dive into an exercise that I've been doing with, with the masterclass? Oh, sure. Jump, jump right in. Okay. Because we were talking about the holidays and this is, this is it. And you may have already done this, but the first question that I have for people is what is one of like, what is your favorite Hollywood? I keep saying Hollywood holiday memory. What's your favorite holiday memory? So you want me to answer you? <laughs> okay. Cause I've got my pen. I've got my I pen know, right? paper and I'm already starting to journal. You're writing. So it's a podcast. Let's, let's... <laughs> right. Right. They can't tell that I started a writing. Um, and I, I already know the one I want to share instantly because I was actually in one of your master classes listening to the recording. Oh, get out of here. Loved, oh, great. I loved this prompt because it took me back. And I really, mm. I didn't just go back to the memory and think what was the favorite, but I felt it. Like I could smell. Yes. smell. Good. Oh man, you're setting me up so perfectly because that's what's next. Okay. Yeah, it's, that was the best part. So yeah. for me, I think when I think about my favorite holiday memory, instantly my grandparents' Christmas Eve traditions come to mind. Um, my mother was one of six. And so it was a big family with a bazillion grandkids and every single one of us, I'm not sure how my Mimi and Papa managed to get all the kids and all their ducks in a row to get everybody in the same place at the same time. But it was all the aunts and uncles, all the kids. It was the same dinner every year. Aunt Mary brought the molasses chocolate chip cookies. The kids brought their musical instruments and we sang carols and open presents. And it was just a, a magical time as, as a kid. It was mm-hmm. by far one of the best memories that I have many, many years of, thankfully, um, yeah. for the holiday season. Hands down, Christmas Eve at Mimi and Papa's. <laughs> okay, so that's perfect. And that really sets us up perfectly. And while all of the details are so useful to getting you back to that feeling, what I'm now interested in is what was the actual feeling? Because we can't always recreate, right? Like that that's one of those moments that will probably never happen again. And there, there's no problem with that. We tend to get really bogged down in it being this one way. And we get like this, this like death grip on it in a lot of ways. And then we get really disappointed and frustrated and disenchanted with the holidays. Yeah. So what's, what's, what I'm going for in the exercise is to look at what was the feeling that you felt. So close your eyes. And I just want you to use the words that come to your mind quickly. You don't need to think about it. How did you feel? Happy. That's the first word, happy. And I want to say ease. I was a really anxious kid. I'm still an anxious adult. Um, okay. When I think about that time, I don't feel those feelings. I just feel relaxed. Relaxed. That was the next word I was going to ask you. What about, um, was there, I'm feeling like connection. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Running through the house with the cousins, seeing the aunts and uncles. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So now I'm guessing you have post-it notes nearby. Sure do. Okay, grab a post-it note. <laughs> I was like, you, you, you know, I know you have post-its around. 
Okay, so this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna grab your post-it and you're gonna write happy, ease, relaxed, connected. Okay. And if for everybody listening, unless you are driving, <laughs> you can do this too, okay? This is airing on the 28th, so we've just had Thanksgiving. My holiday class has started, but I'm allowing people to join um, up until the 29th. So if you're listening to this episode in a timely manner, you can still hop in, you can still join. And what you're going to do is this. So mine was, um, it was actually really interesting. I thought it would be this one memory, but it wasn't. So mine was getting snowed in for two weeks at our family's cabin um, up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. Oh. And the rule and the rule was you couldn't go outside to play unless it were negative 10 or above. <clears throat> Never got above negative 10. Wow. It stayed like negative 40 to negative 20. It was crazy. So for two weeks, we just, and I don't think we had a TV there. And I remember like early days, we didn't have a TV there. So it was like card games, puzzles, books, charades, lots of like dance parties, stuff like that. And I felt cozy with nowhere to be and nothing to do. Oh, what a feeling. <laughs> right. So like on my post-it, if, if you are using a clip, right, it says cozy, nowhere to be and nothing to do. Okay. So what I recommend is writing that on four different post-it notes and you're going to put it on your bathroom mirror. Mm -hmm. You're going to put it in your office. You're going to put it in your kitchen and you're going to put it somewhere in your car uh, so that it obstructs any views that you need. But because yeah. the thing is, it, I call it like the holiday anchor feeling because it's really easy for us to try to recreate a moment and then when it doesn't happen there's disappointment and the anxiety is right there isn't it it's just always there for us to grab but if you can look for the feeling instead mm. you'll notice that feeling when you're with your small nuclear family right You'll right. notice that when you're taking one child to like a holiday, um, you know, musical performance, right? You'll see, you'll hear the music and you'll be right back in your grandparents' house on Christmas Eve, everybody running around playing instruments, Yeah. right? You'll smell a molasses cookie and you'll be there. Yes. Oh, what a, what a shift. You're right. Because I am the kind of person who does try to recreate things and I had a feeling <laughs> yeah and experiences and when that thing doesn't look like no. I wanted it to or wished it did for someone else um you're right it, it's you you get anxious you feel upset you get stressed but we can recreate a feeling because the feeling doesn't have to be dependent on that outcome right that's so that's the trap I believe of all of life, right? But specifically it gets heightened at the holidays. Yeah. Because it's not just the holidays, it's the end of the year. There's some deep sadness for people and regret. For some there's great joy, but it's all just, it's like, we're just turning the volume up. Yeah. So if you're really like happy and everything, then you then happiness goes to like, more happiness, more happiness, but then that also can go too far into like stress. Yeah. Right? And then the sadness, like people 
I've shot a, a coaching video not long ago where I said like, no news is not good news. Like you never don't hear from a friend for a long time. And they're like, oh yeah, I've just been doing great. Everything's been great over here. No, the friend's like, I actually found out I have cancer and I've been dealing, you know, like, because our natural way of being is when something gets hard, we retreat. Absolutely. And so a, lo a lot of people will do that at the holidays. And so I think it's so, and if you're listening to this podcast and that happens to be you, I want you, we all might have negative memories about the holidays. And I would say that if you look really hard, there's usually one that is a positive memory that you can go and look for that feeling that you had and you can start, right? It's about like cultivating the feeling because it's not about like the, the cousins and the grandparents and all of that. It was the feeling you were after. Just like, it's not like people think, oh, when I have a million dollars, then I'll be happy. I'm like, no. It's that you think you'll feel peace. Yeah. And you can feel peace right now without the money in the bank. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. Chase the feeling and not, mm -hmm. and not the outcome. Mm -hmm. Well, it gives everybody else around you freedom. Mm -hmm. And when people feel free around you, there's relaxation, there's connection. Yeah. There's ease and there's happiness. Yeah. So I feel like we need to back up a moment. Oh, sure. We didn't just, you know, share our journaling practices and, and talk about holiday <laughs> memory. I like to get it, to the point. <laughs> yeah. You just went right to I did. The, the coaching, right? That just yeah. seems so natural and is in your feed and is in everywhere I find you, which is why I've gravitated towards them. So why don't you back up? How did, how did you get to be the person who just dropped that mic drop of helping me and every listener realize that we're chasing feelings and not outcomes. And that can be a game changer. How did you get there? Tell, tell me the backstory of who you are and what you do now that you've just done that for all of us. <laughs> um, it's because I was an outcome person. up until about 15 years ago, um, it was only outcome all the time. And I was really unhappy. And the worst thing about being unhappy when you have everything, I'm using air quotes if you're, if this isn't video, right? And I'm totally, you know, crying, but that's nothing new. So don't worry, don't let that bother you. Um, I don't, I was just gonna join you. <laughs> Um, this is just a normal Thursday. Um, um, I had everything on the list of things that people told me would make me happy. And I can remember the hopelessness and really like the embarrassment and shame that I felt having everything and being so deeply unhappy and disconnected. And so I lived on the Upper East Side in Manhattan and I had a lot of money and I had a really good career and I had a fancy life with pretty dresses and a boyfriend that worked at the Met and everything that I thought I wanted. And I would come home from work before he got home and I would cry 
and I would think, if this is what's supposed to make me happy, and I'm this unhappy, what am I going to do? Like, I was really lost. And it wasn't until I'd met somebody at work um, who I had never really liked. Um, and then at this, it was around the holidays, um, and I liked her. And I went up to her at this happy hour and I said, I've, I've never really liked you. And she was like, yeah, I've never really liked you either. And I love that about New York that you could just say that. Now I live in Texas and like, you can never, you can never pull that off here. But, you know, in the city you could, and we'd had a few martinis, I'm sure. And, um, and I said, but I like you now. And I'd like to know, I think you, I think you've done something. I can just feel that like something happened over there and I'd like to know what it is. And she said, well, I did a group coaching program and it, and it really changed my life. And so I was like, okay, and then that sounds great. So I did a group coaching program and then that start, that was like Pandora's box for me. Um, and then it, and then quickly after I, I knew that my career was off. I was in pharmaceutical sales um, and I love connecting with people, but I, I then became a yoga and meditation teacher. So you can see like the pharmaceutical part would be off for me. Right. But I'm said, but I love people. So um, I hired an executive business coach who like ninja me, like she, it was a total ninja move because for six months she taught me how to journal. And that was in 2008. And that, that right there was the thing that like changed my life. And so for the next 15 years, I went and have done a ton of certifications, all the different things, but like what I will always come back to is I've learned everything and created a life that I love because of my morning journaling, because I actually started to find out what would make me happy. I came from a, a background and a family and an environment where like, that wasn't a question. It was about like, what are you good at? What will provide a nice life? And this is what you should do. And so then I did all those things and I never actually knew the answer to what makes me happy. And there I was 30 years old with everything I thought I wanted, deeply unhappy with no idea. And it wasn't until I started journaling that I said, okay, well, I know these things don't make me happy. Can I remember a time when I was happy? And then I started just going down the rabbit hole, of like essentially interviewing myself and trying new things like I would just go to weird stuff especially living in New York like you can go to anything you want like I remember going to laughter yoga it was so weird and then I met one of my best friends there and we were like this is the weirdest thing in the whole world we love it so much because your body what I learned is that your body doesn't need a stimulus so if you laugh your body gets the same positive impact as if you were laughing because of a comedian or if you were laughing just sitting here doing nothing okay. you still yeah it's it, right so you go into the class and you're like <laughs> and it's like weird but then you start laughing because it's all so weird right and then you just can't stop laughing and you do it for two hours and then you've got like all this you know all the good you know I don't know all the serotonin, you know, I should from pharmaceuticals, but you know what I mean? Like all the good stuff that you want. All the good stuff. Yeah. All the good stuff. Um, so it, it came from my own personal experience. That's why when people were like, what are your certifications and accreditations? I was like, I love my life. And I didn't. Right. 
that's, that's fine. And that's how it helped you to do that. Now you've mentioned- And that's also like what oh. gives me the ability to like, I can smell it on people. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I personally appreciate that kind of experience and much more than, you know, a certification that says, you know, yeah. they can do these yeah. things, but to see someone actually living their best life in the way that connects yeah. with you, that's, that's definitely the. Well, and it's fun because like, you know, whenever I did a certification, which I have several, but I did it from a place of like my own curiosity, mm-hmm. right? Like you're probably not very far from Kripalu. Um, not far so at did, all. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so I, I drank the Kool-Aid did a, you know, lived for a month at Kripalu and I'll never forget. Like we checked in on a Sunday. I lived with like 22 women in 11 bunk beds in a room for a month. We had a wake up call at 5am. Like it was like, we ranged in age from 18 to 80. It was so cool. And I just left my pharmaceutical job. So um, I remember we checked in on a Sunday and on Tuesday, this girl was like having a full nervous breakdown it wasn't even 8 a.m. in the hallway, in the in the like main thoroughfare. And I was walking with somebody who I just met and she was like, it's Kripalu, feel your feelings. And it was my, it was my first real experience of having permission to feel how I feel. And I think that's another important component of the holidays. You know, we have this thinking that it has to be happy. And when we push aside that it can also be really sad sometimes, like there are people that we wish were still here that we miss. And there are those grandparents that like, I'm sure you would give anything to be back for one of those nights. And it's when we don't allow ourselves to feel that. Yeah. That it comes out in ugly ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said is, you know, powerful, especially the, the feel, the feelings, the, the one reason I really, really love my notebook, um, is because no matter what I say in it, no matter what I write in it, it does not judge. It does not shame. It doesn't do any of those things. And I can just put whatever the heck I need to put on it and then move on. That I think is the, the gift of the practice, but you've, you've said, before now I can't remember where could have been your feed it could have been the holiday um uh master class you've done but you look at journaling and notebooking as two separate things mm-hmm. and I know some of us use them separately some of us use them interchangeably can you talk about what you think how you define journaling versus notebooking yeah Right. Absolutely. I mean, they're so not even close. I'm like, yeah, of course they're not the same stuff to me. (laughs) (laughs) The look on your face as I was asking you the question. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so journaling is distinct. Journaling is, is actually like, if I'm getting really honest about it and I don't always lead with this because you have to meet people where they, where they are. Journaling for me is where I connect with God. Mm Journaling for me is so deeply, deeply personal. It's like, it's, it's the ultimate intimacy. Yeah. It is the ultimate intimacy when people say like, oh, you know, um, we found our grandmother's journals and it's been so fascinating to like, get to know her better. I'm like, F that under no circumstances 
do I want this box of journal that box of journals that live up in my attic to ever be shared with anyone? I want a bonfire at my funeral where you torch all the journals, right? Because nobody wants to read another journal about how I'm still trying to lose 10 pounds and can't stand myself. Yeah. Right. Like no one, no, that's not. I'm so glad you said that because I've, I've said publicly on this podcast before I've struggled in the past in my morning page notebook, I tend to do the same things and I tend to be really negative. It's the stuff that's bothering me. All of it. I used to say to myself, what if, what if later my kids or my grandkids find it? I have to start writing about happier things. And I know you do not just get it all out. I love oh my it. gosh. You have, oh, I mean, it is literally not helpful. Yeah. If you are writing with an agenda, right? So I write horrible things about myself to the point where like, I get tired And when I get tired of writing the terrible things that I've written, God shows up, the universe, whatever it is. Like, I I don't always feel comfortable with the word God. For me, I call the thing, the, the voice is Freddie. And I just one day was like, what's your name anyway? And it was like, Freddie. I was like, oh, well, okay. (laughs) Because it's just like fun and silly. And it it just, it wrote itself. And Freddie will say, like, don't you know how much I love you? Don't you know how I'll never leave you? Can't you remember all of these things that we've done together? Do you think you could be a little easier on yourself? Do you think we could play a bit more and rest a bit more? And wouldn't that be nice? And what does sound nice? And then eventually I'll start writing what would feel nice. And that is what shapes my day because something happens in the last 10 minutes when I'm so exhausted from the judgment, from the shame, from the embarrassment, the not measuring up, the not good enough, the whatever, and I can't sustain it. And then there's something else that helps me. Yeah. And so that's journaling. Yeah. Now a notebook is great. That one right here. Yep. A notebook is where I take notes. A notebook is where my brain thinks, where I remember things. It's all related. Like I don't love doing um, worksheets for my clients. And in my, I do a twelve-week private coaching group um, that's you know usually about eight to ten women. Um, I have worksheets for them, but I really there's something about writing it that I mean, I know you believe this, that like the hand, you know, I've, I had a book, I was writing a book for a while um, because I had the crazy idea that I would write a book when I was pregnant. That was not Mm -hmm. my pregnancy. That was a friend of mine's pregnancy, but it was not my own. Mine was eating grilled cheese and watching rom-coms. But she had me type my journal and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. I felt so disconnected and I, felt angry. Um, I did it for about a month and I was like, under no circumstances, I will not have my journal be something for business. It's like recording a therapy session and then being like, let's turn this into a book. Like, no, 
Like yeah. maybe it will inform a book, but it's sacred. Yeah. And notebooks can be left around the house. My journal goes in a drawer. Everyone knows it is not available for consumption. You'll regret it if you read it. I'm sure I've written something terrible about you. <laughs> I have a sticky note on the very first page of, of my journal. It's my morning journal that says like, proceed at your own risk because this is, this is my space. <laughs> and just in case someone happens to find that, but the other journals, the gratitude yeah. journal, the one line a day journal, the quote journal, all those journals, they're out they're on display. You want to open it up, go ahead. You might get inspired in there, but, but that one smaller journal that's, that's covered in a special covering that is, that is private to the rest of the world. So I, I can connect with those two distinctions. And I think for people listening in my audience, we have a lot of people who love to write, who are notebookers, who are journalers. We also have a lot of people who want to be notebookers and journalers more regularly than they are. And I find that the starting questions that they have stop them from getting started. Like, well, what kind of notebook and what do I write in it? And what if I don't write in it every day? And what if I say this? And what if I don't finish the page? And all of those what ifs can stop someone from starting a habit that can literally change their life. It literally changed my life. Yeah. And for some, just knowing that distinction between, okay, journaling is when I do this, but notebooking, I can do this. Both can help me. It's just, what do I need in that moment? And it's okay if they're not the same kind of notebooks in the same way every day. It's what, it's what's best for me right now. So I, I really love that you took the time to explain the difference, because I think that could be one piece of information that helps someone start and not be overwhelmed. And I just want to offer, cause like I, 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 I always want what I'm, whatever I'm listening to, to be like applicable and useful. So I'm going to take that. If you are in that camp and listening to this podcast, where I, where I would have you start is, why do I always make it so complicated? <laughs> that is the story of my life Anna. <laughs> what am I blocking myself from because when we get addicted to complicated and busy and perfection and all of that it's all just a block mm -hmm. but it looks good mm -hmm. and we can hang our hat on it right because it's like socially acceptable to try to be perfect or to be busy or to help others or to please, you know, whatever, except deep down, it's a block. And so my question is like, what am I blocking myself from? Okay. Joy, peace, happiness, relaxation. Okay. Why? Because I don't feel comfortable with those feelings. Okay. Why? Because I've never really felt them before. Okay. Why? Because I never saw that. I know it was never acceptable to see that. Okay, why? And you just keep. And if you tell me that you can't write three pages, you are blatantly lying. The only reason that you can't write three pages is, is because you don't want to take a look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you find in your work too, just the act of sitting yourself down 
to write those three pages does take time, whether that's 15 minutes to 30 minutes, depending on- It takes me 45. Right, how fast- And I have screaming kids running around the house. You know, I think, I don't even know. I've started getting up earlier to write in peace and quiet. Guess what? So did they. They now get up at 5.30. (laughs) (laughs) They know. Yeah, they all seem to know. Do you- I have a very supportive partner who takes the kids, period. Like, and they know, like mommy's writing. I mean, my four-year-old, is ready to journal. Like the minute he can write, he will be sitting in bed next to me writing. Like he's so like pain, he's paying attention. And I have clients whose eight-year-old kids are starting to journal. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. is because they've seen, because it's not just what they see. It's that they've seen a shift in mommy. Yeah. Yeah. And they can feel it. And so they want Mm -hmm. to do that thing too. Do you find in your work that you know, because it is something you have to take time for, and ideally it's something you take regularly and you kind of gift yourself that time to do it. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't start or aren't consistent because, you know, there's that, oh, this is time for myself. Is that selfish? I, I should be doing X, Y, or Z. And they kind of talk them out of the practice before they even get started because they yeah. don't think they have the time right in fact if you do it you usually end up with more time because you figure out what you're doing that you can just let go of and and not do well that's a great point so the so I have a holiday class um that starts um you know at Thanksgiving and I'm I'm taking people for the first time ever through just one page of journaling every morning because I know it's the holidays you know, for people that have, that already have a journaling practice, keep going with what you have going. You know, what I coach people in my 12 week program is three pages every day. But I also recognize that like for people that are new to work with me, um, that won't be, uh, you have to meet people where they are, right. And getting started somewhere is better than nowhere. So I think just making it realistic and having it be one page for 10 or 15 minutes at the holidays is very doable. It's just like, you know, my class is $499. I had somebody join last night because I I have another mini course, like a bonus that I'm offering. That's how to save and make money at the holidays. Mm. And we, we hopped on a call and she said something like, I just realized that I'm going to invest this $500 in myself. And I know I'm not going to overspend this holiday season, which is always what I do because she's learned that by investing in herself it literally transforms everything. And then she also saw a way that she could make money at the holidays, like yeah. in a 10 minute conversation. Yeah. So I say all of that because um, I think what is most valuable is to get the consistency, right? Like I started a transcendental meditation practice. I started with like 15 minutes every morning. And then it was like, okay, now I can do like 15 minutes in the morning. And then like every other afternoon. And now it's 15 minutes in the morning. It's 15 minutes at night. Now it's supposed to be 20 minutes. So last week I bumped it up and now I'm at 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening. But that took me a couple of months, right? So I think it's about those building those, you know, having those building blocks, like the January um, journaling to love your life. That's for beginners. And I'm starting that is three pages every day but it's four weeks and it's in January. I wouldn't launch it in December. Right. Cause that's, 
you know, there's too much happening in December. In January, we're still hibernating. Everyone's cozy, right? So you're having less on your calendar. You've spent all your money. You've eaten all the calories. Everyone's kind of like with a cup of tea, hopefully in a cozy blanket. So, a, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of journaling is doable. Right. Yeah. You're in that headspace of, well, let's go. Well, let's do yeah. something. It's January. Yeah. It's the new year. Yeah. I exactly. Do this. But like when I started working with my coach, I didn't, I didn't know that she was going to teach me to journal. It was like a ninja move. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> and for six months, she said, I need you to write three pages every day for six months. And this is the other thing that I do. And it, it's not applicable for everybody. It worked really well for me. So it just depends on your personality. Um, and she said, and if you don't, you owe me $10,000. <laughs> Cause she knows, she knows how amazing. She knew I liked a game. Oh, I knew I like, and she knows I like to win. So, you know, she, she coached, she was a pharmaceutical sales coach. Like she knows how to incentivize us. Right. Which is always like bonus commissions, whatever. So for me, the minute there was some, some skin in the game, where I would, she was like, you know, I was never going to have you write that check. And I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I remember being on vacation, like writing, you know? Yeah. Like 11 o'clock at night, like down to the wire. Cause I hadn't done it in the morning, but I was like, by God, like, I don't know how, if she's yeah. watching me, I have no idea. But like, I, I mean, and that was what got the habit. Yeah. So I'm going to guess that you are an upholder. Are you a fan of Gretchen Rubin and her four tendencies framework? Do you know this? I know Gretchen Rubin and the happiness project. Um, I don't, what are the, what are the four tendencies? It sounds Oh familiar. gosh, the rabbit hole we could go down and of how journaling I think is connected to your tendencies too. So she has this amazing personality framework that says there are basically four tendencies. Um, and those tendencies are chosen by based on how you deal with internal and out external stressors. So if you are an upholder, you will meet the expectations of others and you will meet the ex expectations of yourself at any cost. You will stay up late. You will do the thing. Like you will get mm -hmm. stuff done. If it's on your calendar mm -hmm. and you said you'll do it, then you'll do it, which I'm guessing mm -hmm. Anna is what you are. Um, mm -hmm. And there are obligers. Uh, those are the people who are really good at meeting their expectations and their promises to others but let their own self-care and their own promises to themselves fall short um, because they are so kind of people-pleasing. And then you have mm -hmm. questioners who will meet the demands um, as long as they know why and have a solid rationale and can get behind it. And then you have rebels who, you know, will do what they want when they want because they can. And so there's really mm -hmm. four different kinds of personality traits, if you will, or tendencies. And I think I find it fascinating. I, I ask everybody in my community, what is your tendency? Because and so what, if your yours, tendency, uh, is yours obliger? I am an upholder. Upholder. Okay. You I'm an upholder. Your... Yeah. And it's funny. Most of us in the, in my community, we are, we are upholders. Shout out mm -hmm. to all the upholders in the Get Literate group. Um, but I think depending on your tendency, you know, your motivation to journal or to notebook um, is different and knowing yeah. how, how you meet those expectations, like that coach knew that would work for you. 
for yeah. someone else, it might be reminding them that not journaling every day to make themselves their best selves could impact the way they take care of others, right? That yeah. would yield yeah. the obliger. And so well, I find it all fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting because even with the holiday course, I've had people say like, oh, I just couldn't, you know, spend the money on myself and invest in myself at this time of year. And I'm like, if you think for one minute, this class is about you, you're kidding yourself. Right. Right. Like right. I can already feel my family shifting just because of the work that I'm putting in. Because at the end of the day, if you are a woman in a family, you're the one you set the whole tone. Yes. So if you come in anxious and stressed out and trying to get it right, guess what? That's all around you. Yeah. It's just the, it's just the law of energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. What is that? So, Mama ain't happy. Ain't anybody happy? Some, some, it's so some true though. Grammatically incorrect phrase like that. Is it's out there. so true. Right. <laughs> like if I yeah. want my husband to start working out, do you want to know how I get that done? You I start working out. <laughs> it's not a problem. Right. If he's like, yeah. Oh, I really need to lose this stubborn belly fat. Guess what? You know, I'm working out the next day and he sees me working out. And then in a few days, guess what? He's working out. And then the kids are working out and then everybody's watching. Like we want to eat healthier. I start eating healthier. I don't need to tell anybody else. I just start doing it. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so that is very much the obliger, but I'm also the rebel. (laughs) You can have, you can have more than one tendency. Don't worry. I know. I know. I was like, she, this coach that I worked with also knew that I was a rebel. So when I, and and this has come with age and maturity is that like, I, have learned that it's really lonely and it mostly doesn't work when I try to do it by myself or when I try to do it my way. Yeah. And so with age comes hopefully a little bit of wisdom, right? And I've learned that like my intuition is really great, but there are also people that have gone before me that can make it easier if I would just pay attention and listen. And um, in a coaching program that I did, I'll never forget this. This was early on, like 15 years ago. Um, this guy said to me, and he was an Olympic um, gold medalist swimmer. So like, you're, you're listening, right? I'm listening to this guy. And he says this, he says, well, it really sounds like, you know, a lot. And I was like, um, well, that doesn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> and I was like, Well, I mean, maybe. And he said, the only thing with knowing a lot is that it doesn't leave any room for magic. Ooh, what a phrase. And what I've learned is I far enjoy magic more than I do knowing. Yeah. The best things in my life have happened magically. Yeah. And I attribute that to my commitment to myself and my journal every single morning, because it's where I allow myself to dream and to say, okay, if there's something out there conspiring in my favor, let's call you Freddie. Let's just see what might happen what's happened in the past and I'll just what's happened for other people right 
Yeah. And when you allow yourself to kind of loosen from the stranglehold of controlling and fixing and getting perfect, that's when like real delight and magic can show up. And I'm especially interested because I have a four and a one-year-old Yes, who are full of magic. And I'm like, oh, well, of course we would build a fort through the whole house. Like that's so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what a wonderful philosophy. I can see how people, well, I already told you, I went down a, a rabbit hole of wonderfulness on your social media feed. And I can see why people gravitate towards you in this area because you're Thank you're you. not just saying it right you're not just saying you're knowing but you're living it and you can see it you you are a lot braver than I am because you put yourself on video quite a bit on your social media yeah. feed, which I appreciate as a wonderful model but it's it's so genuine and authentic and real and you listen or I listen and I just can't help but think you know oh I could do that. I, you know, that's, yeah. that's and, yeah. Like it's so, and you, and you really can. Yeah. Like you really, and that's the thing I'm only, um, I'm only as brave as I'm willing to be. Right. And what I value the most is vulnerability and honesty. And I will never pretend like I have it all together. And it was a big part of um, my resistance to coaching. It's why it took me so long to be a coach. I had I had somebody tell me early on that I needed to be an, on the wheel of, life, a wheel of life, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, that I needed to be an eight or above in every area of my life before I could coach for this company. Oh gosh. I was like, are you kidding? Anybody so ever got it? But, but see, it reinforced <laughs> the perfectionist in me. Right, right. It just reinforced what I already thought. Yeah. And so now I'm like a straight up two in certain areas. <laughs> but you know what? My I've got skin in the game. Right. Like when I coach a program, I'm in the program. Yeah. I, I quit drinking two and a half months ago because it just kept showing up in my journal. It wasn't convenient. I didn't really want to, but I knew I wasn't going to be a hypocrite. I wasn't going to say do what your journal tells you, follow your heart, follow your gut. And then hang on, Duke, Duke, hang on. Duke is having puppy dreams. Duke, honey, come on. <laughs> I figured as, as a dog lover, I, I know that sound. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like I, I wasn't, um, because, so if you study human design, I'm a projector like through and through. And so I can smell stuff on people, right? Which is a blessing and a curse, but it makes me a really good coach. But it also makes me a coach that just shares period everything. When people are just like, you know, how is it being married to your husband and working together? I'm like, well, last week I was like, I'm not sure if I wanted to be married to you. And then I had to go and journal about like, well, what would that even look like? How would we even, you know? <laughs> and he was like, wow, okay. So that's what you're journaling about. I'm like, well, I just like to know. And I'm thinking like, this doesn't feel very good. How can we create something different? Yeah. Oh, I so. love it. We are, I know there are going to be a lot of people who are listening and talking to you through their podcast platform as, as you're saying all <laughs> the information and connecting to it. 
tell as we wrap up where where can listeners find you where can they yep. find out more about the holiday program about yep. your journaling program in january give us all the places okay so the easiest um is my website which is anna anna and then k morris so it's just the letter k stands for my um middle name and then morris m-o-r-r-i-s um so annakmorris.com has everything and um, if you want specifically the holiday course, it's very, very easy. It's a forward slash holiday course. And what I wanted to offer, because we are, you are airing this November 28th. So we've um, already started the holiday course by now. And then we'll have our next call on the 29th. The class is $499 and it's six weeks. It's literally like Anna. My mother-in-law said this to me at Thanksgiving what should I do? Like, that's the kind like, if you've ever wanted like a coach or a therapist through the holidays on speed dial, that's it. That's what the class is. That's in a nutshell. Right. (laughs) Um, and what I would love to give your listeners is a hundred dollars off. So, um, if you are wanting to hop in, we'll get started with our second call on the 29th. You will not be behind. There is no such thing. You'll get the recordings. You'll start where you start. Um, I also have two bonuses. I think I mentioned this. Um, I love to do vision board workshops and I became quite well known for them in a previous life as a yoga teacher. Um, so I'm doing a look back to look forward um, vision board workshop and that is included um, in the holiday course. The holiday course is called, I love it, my friend named it. She was like, it's like, I want to take back the holidays. Like somebody yeah, hijacked it from title. me. I right? do love the title, yeah. It literally was named something else and my friend Carrie was like, it's like, I'm going to take it back. I was like, well, that's just a much better name than what I had. Um, so uh, so they're going to get that bonus. And then my other favorite one, and I literally am teaching it because I did it with my mom a few months ago, um, is uh, saving money and making money at the holidays. Yeah, I helped my money, my mom go from like, you know, spending $300 a month on something to, I think we got it to 90 and then she's making thousands of dollars with a brownie business that we started together. Oh, wow. Oh, exciting. What I a know. fun thing to yeah. think of in a way to move into 2024 with that information. Yeah. Too. Well, you know, and it's funny because it, we think that it's, um, we think that it's just like we're, that, you know, how the, the wheels are off and it's all so crazy. And it's really about putting that intentionality into place. And I find that community and accountability always makes the difference. Yeah. So it's like those post-it notes are great, but if you've got somebody that's reminding you and cheering you on, and, and the other part is especially because I coach women, we do so much at the holidays that people don't know about, but I do. And so I'm here to acknowledge everybody. And so they're actually, everybody in the class is going to be sending me what you'll love this, what they want to be acknowledged for. And so oh, I'm going to be how doing, how beautiful! <laughs> I do it with all of my coaching clients and um, it's just so fun when we get to that point. And, and so I just am going to acknowledge the hell out of everybody, you know, for all the things on top oh. of the things that you already do. Right. right. Oh, what a, what a beautiful practice to, to have in your yeah. coaching. Oh, the best. well, 
I, I feel like I have just gotten an amazing free coaching session as well as everybody else. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I love adding value. Yeah. yeah so oh, and I should say, you. people can also find me on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook are all the same. It's Anna K. Morris um, underscore on Instagram, but um, it's Anna K. Morris coach on YouTube. And if you like those videos, I do a daily coaching video. They're usually about 10 minutes and um, I do it just about every day. So um, that can be really helpful right now too. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it was such a, a wonderful session. As I said, I feel like we've all gotten some free coaching and I have a feeling lots of members of my community are going to come find you. And I, I hope well, I'm I excited. They do. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. Plus, if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life, like bonus podcast episodes, bibliotherapy book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much, much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all of the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. And one more thing. If you love what you listened to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks for listening.